Hello, my name is Robert Higgins. And I'm Kay Tuxford. And this is episode 23 of Screenwriting from the Trenches, a podcast about the craft and expression of screenwriting in all of its forms from the perspective of writers just like you. This week, we have writer, director, producer, and all-around cool guy, Rod Blackhurst, who's also a friend of mine, uh, to discuss our marquee topic, working with directors. But first, Kay Tuxford and Rod, yes. what yes. is screenwriting Twitter yelling slash fighting about this week? And um, Yes. Yeah. And I, I want to do the jingle, but I'll wait. I'll no, wait there's no jingle, episode. damn you. There's no jingle. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, I don't, but I don't know wait, what they're. Oh wait. There's uh, your jingle. Uh, your casings this thing where she starts talking screenwriting. Twitter is a dumpster fire, um, and which sometimes it is. But um, we really need to get like an actual jingle on the show. I'll, I'll I'll talk to somebody. Maybe I'll talk to Jordan. See if he can make us a, a like jingle. A, I'll yeah. accept it. Um, but uh, yeah, it'll probably be in better key. But um, I felt I felt like that was part of its charm. Okay, so really though, Twitter. Um, so we were very like this is the I'm gonna I'm gonna frame this. Twitter this week was the week of young diverse voices getting shows greenlit and made. Right, Rob? Yeah, starting with uh, that that unknown Taylor Sheridan uh, getting five new shows five new shows um and just in, and just in case you guys are thinking taylor sheridan is a young new voice he is not we are being sarcastic and slightly bitter um i'm not being bitter i'm just i just i like i asked you off air i'm just my question is this is yellowstone really that good like is 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 it just is that just what's happening out there where we're somehow missing the phenomenon? The the is there some sort of like is this like revenge of the baby boomer? Like is what hap what's happening out here in these streets that Taylor Sheridan, he's like the white Tyler Perry. Like, you know, he's getting all these new shows and just writes all of them himself. Um you, you know, I haven't seen Yellowstone, so I'm not going to I have and it's not that great. But <laughs> as somebody who's written a lot of historical stuff um, and also kind of come to blows with like going to History Channel or going to these places that want to do historical stuff, I can say that Ta Taylor Sheridan seems to be the person they were looking for because they did not necessarily, their, their boomer base is, you know, really into uh, male-driven, older male-driven um white male driven um content so i'm not surprised that like he i mean like i i i adore uh you know hell or high water and i, I do think too. i think sicario is something um i i didn't understand the hype behind it when it first came out like i, I was like i've and i've watched it several times sicario is one of those movies that i want to love but i i just don't um i just i for me it just kind of like I don't know. It feels like, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I couldn't, I didn't see what everybody else saw in it. I, it's just one of those movies where, like, you watch this and, like, people tell you it's going to be amazing. And then you were like, what did I miss? Where, yeah, where did it wasn't I? Actually. Yeah, I don't understand. People were like, this is, I mean, the, the, the scene on the bridge is cool. Um, the bridge, okay. So I don't know. But, Rod, any thoughts? 
I mean, bless his heart. He's getting some wins. <laughs> I mean, the wins are hard to come by. You know, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, I feel like I wouldn't do them that way. And I'd like to think I could do it all better. I don't know, though. I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe he's a good person just trying to make his way. I don't know. Maybe he's duped us all. I mean, I've tried watching all of them. They're not for me, but I think a lot of people like them. And I go, man, like, do they like them because it's what's available? Or do they like them because they're good? Could they be better? Could they be different? And would they still like them? And I don't know. And so I try really, truly to think about all things that people create like through the lens of what P.T. Anderson said, which is that stuff is hard to make, stuff stuff is hard to will into existence to get into the world. And there are a lot of people out there who care about the things that were created. And man, they you don't need to take any more away from them than maybe they already feel disappointed in it or it doesn't add up or there's already a lot of people taking the piss out of their stuff. And for me, I'm trying to really like be even keeled about it and go, ah, bless his heart. You know, he, <laughs> he made something, he made some money. So a lot of people got paid. Ah, I don't know what else to say. Hey, well, speaking of people, uh, you know, deserving it, Tom Brady also got a road trip movie this week called 80 for Brady. So want to know something crazy? Yeah. So my friend Kyle wrote and will direct that movie. And, and I saw that announcement come out. And Kyle Marvin is a, a teddy bear of a, a man, incredibly talented. And I don't know how that film came to be. I hadn't heard of it, actually, until I saw the announcement. Um, and so I, I don't... I look at that and I go, how does this film fit in? And me, me, I don't know, but I, I like that Kyle's getting a win, you know, I guess. <laughs> I, I just, I I don't, because the movie is full of talent. Like, Jane Fonda is going to be in this movie. Like, I was looking at this and I was just like, what? what? Like, I feel like one of those, do you ever feel like it's like one of those things where, like, it's almost like a, like a Dark Tower thing where, like, you accidentally stepped into another universe where, like, Andrew Jackson is not on the $20 bill. Like, it's actually Richard Nixon or something like that. Like, one of those type of things. Like, that's what I feel like this week. And I don't, I, I just like, I, I feel, I'm just confused. Uh, Rob is quite the Dark Tower fan right now. So uh, everything comes back to that. You like the Dark Tower? Oh, man. He, he's reading it right now. I'm oh, so, yeah. I'm so yeah. like, oh, man. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a huge Dark Tower fan. Ever since my friend Jordan, who was a previous guest on the show, uh, sort of uh, his podcast, it did like a, a deep dive and I've been trying to read the dark tower for several years. I've picked up and put down the gunslinger like several times and I'm keeping this in the show. I'm not editing this out anyway. So I, I tried to uh, read the gunslinger and I just, I, I just couldn't, it was so weird to me. I, I didn't know what I was, you know, what it is, but after listening to Jordan uh, talk about it on his podcast, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to do it. I went through it and I listened to it and then with the second book, I was just hooked. And um, and so for me, I'm just going through it and I'm just enjoying the crazy weirdness that is it's just like Stephen King's brain unfiltered. Um, I love it. I love it to death. 
and I'm just a huge giant fan of it. Um, just enjoying the crap out of it. I mean, I, that's, but you know, that, that sort of thing where like, I think uh, one of the reasons why I love it is because they're, sometimes you do feel like that sort of weird thing that happens in the in the series where characters can just sort of like wander in and out of like alternate realities. And because that's what it feels like living here sometimes, that surreal nature of just like, Tom Brady's getting a movie and you're like, okay. Um, all right, all right, cool. That's That's happening, that's a thing where Jane Fonda is now in a movie, he's not gonna be in a movie with Tom Brady. I mean, okay. What 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 if I mean I I again I don't know how that film came to be, but yeah, I do know that Kyle is a, an incredible writer, and he's like a very lovable like person on screen too, right? Like, and so part of me goes, and again I I don't know how it came to be, but part of me is thinking, well, Kyle's been struggling for years to get anything made. He's in his late thirties. He has I mean it might even be forty. He has two teenagers. Um, he just a couple years ago, like made it for the first time. He and his friend, Mikey Cavino, who's also my friend and my partner, Noah Lang produced this movie called the climb. That oh, I've seen that movie. I love that movie. So Kyle and Mike are the two lead actors in that. And they Wait, is wrote this a short film. No, well, there was the, a short film and then it became like and a, it became a feature. Yeah. Yeah. So Noah I, I've only seen the short film. Sorry. Yep. So it's so that's them on the bike. So Mike's Mike's Aww. the the guy that like, you know, uh basically reveals to his friend on that on that climb, like, hey, hey, I, I slept with your wife. And um Yeah. And <laughs> that's just so, hilarious. So I, I, I say this because like, you know, they finally got a win with the climb. It took them many years and a long time. And then since then, right, their stars changed. And, and like, it just took being perceived differently. And they basically could get any meeting in town. Everybody wanted to meet with them. And I, I believe that like, they're just trying to find their way. So they probably had this idea. Um, it looks like Endeavor content sold it, but they're represented by UTA, which makes me believe that Tom Brady might be represented by Endeavor content. And maybe they had an ally there who thought, well, if we put a Tom Brady-esque person in this film, you can make this film. And, and I think that like they probably are just trying to write something good, get a win on the board, and... And it's, yeah, it seems unusual that this is what Tom Brady would be doing. Can he act? I highly doubt it. Um, will he act? Yes, he will try. And, but my friend, you know, Kyle is going to do like top notch work to at least do everything he can to make it incredible. And that much I know. Well, we'll all be, uh, we'll all be sort of watching for the result that everybody will be uh, sitting there with bated breath waiting for that trailer. Uh, the final thing in screenwriting Twitter uh, bouts this week is Throw Me a Bone season, a.k.a. Fellowship season, is here once again for all of yes. the people who aren't Taylor Sheridan or Tom Brady. And people have their opinions. And I've decided I've, I've decided personally that I'm not going to participate this year. I've, I've decided, like even the free, free ones, I'm not going to do it. I'm not doing it. So that's... That's my only thing that I have to add to that is I'm not doing it. I'm not, I'm not adding to the noise. I'm not going to like tacitly get my hopes up 
in order to have them dashed. I'm not doing, I'm not participating this year. I'm putting my energy into another place. I'm not doing it. Kay Tuxford, what about you? Uh, wow. Um, you know, I actually, it's funny you say this because this morning I got a notification from Film Independent. They're like, today's your last day to fill out your episodic lab fellowship info. Um, and I had to have that like moment with myself, which is like, am I going to fill this out today or not? Mm -hmm. And I, I realized I was not, which, um, uh, you know, I think I'm so used to throughout the years, like application, application, I was so good at like turning them out. And uh, because we're in pre-production for a film, I had to sit there going like, well, what's really going to be better for me that I get an extra day, uh, you know, on this film, making sure everything's going well, meeting with my team or like throwing an application in that's gonna be, you know, among thousands. So I had to kind of like sit there and go, okay, normally, cause I'm such like a good two-shoes A student, like I wanna turn everything in. I had to sit there going, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna rebel, I'm not gonna turn it in. So I don't know if I'm gonna feel that way about every sort of application this season, but it is a really good feeling to kind of sit there going, oh no, I'm doing too much and I'm too busy this season and it's okay that I'm not, I'm not doing it. Well, Kate Tuxford, welcome uh, tentatively to the dark side. I'm happy to have you. <laughs> I'm in the medium on side. My I'm journey. in the gray. Yeah. Le I'm, I'm glad for you to have followed me down this path. I, I look I, forward no, to no, completely no, I like. <laughs> I didn't follow you. I came I, on my own accord and I, I'm not following you. I'm just, uh, I'm taking a brief hiatus. I a look forward to converting you path. to full indie film leftist rebel by the end of our journey. I swear to God, I will bring you down this path with me. <laughs> All things serve the beam. Um, so, yeah, uh, Rod, uh, have you, like, you know, what do you get when you, like, do you hear from people, like, you know, going for these, like, you know, uh, fellowships and things and, like, that kind of stuff? Well, like, you know, do you have a lot of friends doing that stuff this season? I mean... Gosh, I don't even know how to. I'm gonna. I tell you what. I'll tell you a story. <laughs> okay. Many moons ago, I think it was probably 2012 or 13. Can't quite remember. I got. I used to do a lot of this. I used to apply for a lot of these programs. Film independent, whatever the Gotham became. I, it used to be something mm -hmm. else. Um, uh, Sundance, all these labs, and one of those was. Uh, a, uh, the San Francisco Film Society has an annual grant or these fellowship programs. And oh yeah, I know that one. Yeah, it's like you know, it's one of these allegedly more respected. Like you know, I, I don't know. Like <laughs> I'm trying to think. There's like Cinereach, Sundance, Film Independent, and I used to spend. You know, San Francisco Film Society. There's probably others that I can't remember. Like the 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 top tier, right? Uh, right. Like, the, like the, this, like crash. this. Yeah, this upper echelon group of these things, and um, I was spending a lot of money annually submitting to these and getting nowhere. And but I did make it uh, to the finalist position of the San Francisco Film Society Kenneth Rainin Foundation grant, which. Um, was a big deal at the time. I hadn't made anything big or, you know, feature that looked like a feature. I mean, I hadn't made a feature film. Maybe that's the best way to say it. And this is a film I'd written with my friends, David Ebeltoft and my friend Elgin James. And we made it all the way to the finalist position only to, only to lose. And the film that we lost to didn't even meet the 
the program criteria. And when we address this with this woman, Michelle, I think was her name, who was running the foundation at the time, she, in writing, told us that it was their decision whether or not to adjust the rules and that the criteria did not matter. And we said to them, we said, well, then it's anybody, like, how do we stand a chance then? If you can just decide that the filmmaker and the film, like, that you picked is the winner, but it doesn't meet any of the judging criteria or the mission, where does that leave anybody else who's playing by these rules? And from that moment forward, I said, never again. Like, I'm not doing this because it's all arbitrary. It's all gatekeepers who are deciding based on their own prejudices and feelings about what they think is good or not good, making choices that are not often not good and not accurate. And you just go, this is a waste of time and energy. Nobody should be doing it. You have no control over it. You have no agency. You, you have no, so I just, I just stop. We just stop, you know, Rod, you said it better than I could have ever done. Thanks for the podcast guys. I'll see you, uh, you know, when I see you No, um, (laughs) (laughs) it's a very good point though. And I think, I think, I think it's absolutely right. At the end of the day, as I used to work at a not not a top level contest but i used to work at the writer's store and we ran our own contest um, out of the out of there actually i like the contest we got to help make it which is we would give a, a like an a-list writer would do a log line and then everybody would just submit 15 pages so it was like uh and and you'd only have to write more if you got selected as a finalist and and you'd get like all these bonuses and stuff but <clears throat> we ran another one which was just like reading scripts and and even when it came to the finalist judging round a lot of times you would just hear whispers in the office of like well which one's going to really like make a splash or which one's going to make us look good or like who's about to break anyway as a writer like they're always just kind of looking for I mean and and, uh, you know yeah and I'm not here to point fingers but at the end of the day the contest is or the the fellowship or the the grant is they want to have like all these flashy movies attached to what they're doing you know if you go to San Francisco the San Francisco film grant page the first thing you see is like a big sorry to bother you splash same as like Cine I think Cine Reach as well and so you're like okay but like how do I how do I compete with that when they're like that's what we're looking for is like something already like already ready to go you know and and then basically try to compete with that one that they want the most complete package possible yeah and sorry to bother you is done by boots riley and so he was already famous in his own right so that's very much a exactly. style above kind of situation and you know as we exactly. know as we've heard child above has won many a fellowship and a contest and so you know i thought you were about to say there you go there you go. I thought you were about to say, and is it cunt instead of contest? I don't know if we can say that on this podcast, sure but we can. I was nodding as all along. I was like, I agree with this. Uh, yeah. So I think at the end of the day, like, I think it's, it's pretty naive for us to sit there and go, okay, they're still looking for people to fit your brand. I had a, I had an article on for pipeline. Out there. I know you're looking, they're looking something to like write what you know, or hear your voice. But the truth is they're, they're looking for somebody specific and uh, they, mm-hmm. they'll decide whether or not the, your, you fit their brand or not. I mean, it, it's crazy. Like I'll say this, like the film that um, my friend and I sold to Amblin got rejected from the Sundance screenwriters lab. Oh yeah. You And so again, it's like, 
it it doesn't matter whether something is good or you are good at what you do. It's completely arbitrary. It, it's just like putting money on a card table or or you know, I guess roulette. Like I mean, cards at least that like I I don't know. It's just it's it just feels not worth it. And and what it does is it gives you that like dopamine hit where you think, oh, there's a chance this might work, right? Like you send it out into the ether feel good for a minute and then nothing happens. And and then when you get that rejection, you're like, why did I squander that $45 or that last minute application at $105? Um, right. right. Not to mention the time that it takes to do that oh. kind of stuff. And it's, uh, yeah, it's like time that you could be spending writing because that stuff is so draining. Like each one of us, as, you know, as, you, as we all know, like filling out those applications is so draining because you've, you know, how, like how many times do I have to describe like what's, what is your vision of this or what kind of, what propels you forward as an artist? And you're like, the, what propels me forward as an artist? Like I'm, I'm literally spent, you know, three hours putting this damn thing together so that you can reject <laughs> me. There's no way that you can doubt my dedication to like this thing. Like you should, there should literally be a timer. Like how yeah. long it takes you, like that's how long, that's how much my dedication is. I spent how much time putting this out and then I gave you money for the chance to reject me. That's how much my I've dedicated to this. <laughs> Kiss my can, ass. Yeah. Can, can I, mean, I also just say the worst application I've ever come across for this is the Imagine Impact one. Oh my God. The Imagine Impact one, like if I, I filled it out that. only two or three times and like it is an entire week commitment. Yeah, just man. to get through that application it is it, it like i now i see them like post like hey there's a new project and i'm just like i'm sorry i want my week i i you know i the you know, everybody who has the time but like oh no i just can't do it the yeah. worst ones are the ones that also in addition to like the writing like the written application they also want like a video like you have to do like an intro video then you've got to like boil yourself down to be interesting in 30 seconds like you know then so you initially so you have to not only like take something and like and like perform on camera but then you've also got to like edit it together like fuck you like that is so oh my god dude i mean but so even, frustrating i mean so there's two there's two pieces of that that stand out to me it's like one i understand that companies want to know who they're I guess getting behind or investing in or these foundations, right? They like, but also it doesn't really matter. I, I mean, it does and it doesn't, right? Like the written page, the, the words on the page are either good or they're not. They're either, they either work or they don't. It doesn't matter how slick your presentation is. That should not matter at all or how good your video component is. And like, I, I know plenty of writers who are, you know, very introverted, aren't good in a room aren't good public facing, but their scripts are incredible. And how they present themselves or like whether or not they're engaging in a video has no bearing on whether or not their material is great and would make for a great movie. So why does it matter? I mean, I guess at the, and then at the same time I go, maybe it does matter if you're thinking about this person's going to be the face of this contest or this fellowship or this brand going forward. I think it's... And, I I think you're right. It goes back to brand. They're looking and saying, do they match the brand? Do they match what we think is like, will be a good look for us to be like, we paired with. Which has no impact or which, which isn't a measure of the quality or the veracity of the writing. Right. No. 
It's just like, who's going to be the best kind of ambassador for their brand. And, you know, that's gross exactly. in its own way. All right. Well, let's move on to the main topic, uh, which is uh, working with directors. But first, I want to give, uh, Rod, you have some of one of the most interesting sort of origin story uh of of all the people that i know because you didn't really grow up like um sort of the rest of us like mainlining content into or or, or tv into like uh our face holes like the rest of us and so i could you give us just sort of like a brief like overview of like how you grew up and how you got into the business i'll try i grew <laughs> up yeah <laughs> i grew up in upstate new york in the woods without a TV, maybe that's what you're referring to. My um, my folks still live on a gravel road. They Their internet connection is terrible. They still have no TV. Um, I read a lot of books, played in the woods. Um, the first two movies I saw were, that I remember seeing and being really deeply moved by because I thought they were filmed approximations of real life and I felt mm -hmm like very troubled were RoboCop and Full Metal Jacket. And I legitimately yes. <laughs> worried that a man had become half that was never going to be, a, was never going to be a man again. Like he was half machine, like, and, and it, 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 they gutted me and Full Metal Jacket messed me up real good. Yeah. Um, but I loved movies. I love storytelling. And for me, I love like creating the feeling of things um, I, I, like creating worlds and like giving people the chance to like disappear into something. And so I, didn't know anybody in the film business and I like would I, I wanted to make music videos that felt like a manageable form for me um, and so I worked in the music industry on and off and then I made ski films because that was just the person that I knew was somebody who was making ski films I mean like X game style action sports films and then I started working with a band and making music videos and documentaries and I just I just tried to make anything and everything um, ultimately wanting to make you know uh, talkies, but not knowing anybody who did it and not knowing any way to do it. So I just kept trying and making weird stuff and having whole other careers and whole other lives and just trying to get on my way here. Um, so yeah, it's non-traditional, but also what is traditional anymore? I would hope that there's not like, a, like an expected route, like, um, that anybody can come from anywhere. Like, you know, being, you know, having a, you know, sort of, a studio head for a father or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Or a trust fund. Yeah. Yeah. That's or a famous, sort of... a famous friend. Yeah. yeah. It's incredible. Actually, like most of the people I meet who are succeeding, like have the luxury of being able to chip away at it because the bottom's not going to draw or fall out and they don't have any concerns or stresses and, um, and, or they have a famous friend or nepotism. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I I sort of love that we both come to the table on uh, RoboCop. Um, <laughs> I, I just, that's always been sort of one of my favorite things is that, we, you know, you and I both sort of come to the table. Because RoboCop is, um, is just, I feel like it's one of the best movies ever made. Like, I, it just, so subtle in the fact that it's not subtle. Like, the subtlety of it is like, it, it, oh God. Like, the idea of like a man trying to reassert his own personhood while being owned by a corporation is so America. Like I, 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 I just love that. The fact that it got made and the fact that it like that it exists, like it's just this wonderful satire that is that still works as a movie. Like on top of it, like it is so brilliant to me. 
And like, I just, I, I can't, oh God. I like, I well, woke mean, up so much. I, I love it too. Like, I, I mean, I had to go watch movies at my friend's house because we didn't have a TV and I had to like invite myself over for, uh, you know, playdates or I don't even know, playdates sounds so toddler, but like, you know, whatever middle schoolers were, whatever you would call it in middle school. Um, and we had to go to the, uh, wait, what was that, Rob? Wrestling adventures. I mean, that's one way to describe it. And we had to go like to the rental store in town and the rental, the video rental store in the small town that I grew up in was also the jewelry store. And, <laughs> and the, the, the jewel, the guy who owned the jewelry store was like, a very important figure in my life because he was also my school bus driver and he had one section of the jewelry store that where he stocked VHS tapes. And the best part about this man who owned the jewelry store in North Creek, New York, and which also the video rental store, his name was Peter Parker. What? Wow. True no. story. Wow. And, my, and, and he drove my school bus. And he sold jewelry, and he rented you guys VHSs. Yeah. Also, he yep. was a web slinger from another universe. Um, yeah, I was like, he, this man is holding your entire town uh, together. He really was. He was the glue. Yeah. I mean, that's how like a small town works. Like everyone's, yeah, I got there. He's like the George <laughs> Bailey of North Creek, New York. That, this is true. And I, yeah. you know, I, I, I see him every now and then. I, you know, you see him in the grocery store if I go home, and like these people in a small town like are just a big part of your life, and like. I don't, I don't think Peter Parker knows I me. Mean, maybe he does now. Like how much his, his, his video like hallway. It was like a hallway on the side of the jewelry store that like, you know, had the <laughs> the, the VHS tapes in it. Like that hallway was a big deal. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. We did like I sort of. I'm a city kid because I grew up in Baltimore. But like you know the in that that video store culture. Um, is something that I feel like was so important to so many people, obviously the most famous of which being Tarantino, but like, you know, that, I think a lot of that, um, and I, I don't know if I've spoken about this on like, um, I think I've spoken about this on my friend Jeremy's podcast, but like that culture of video stores, I feel like is a lot of thing that's missing about movies. Like, I, like, you know, people were sort of saying, have told, said that, like you know social media has sort of has sort of come in and sort of taken filled that space but for me that what's missing from that is that is the the camaraderie like the the genuine camaraderie because in in cyberspace you know you have assholes who come in you know you can be have a pleasant conversation with someone and be like oh yeah we we come to the table on like you know to eat on the, about this this certain topic and then here comes this asshole who comes in and wants to like derail the conversation? That didn't happen at a video store. Like you, I've been like I worked at a video store as well as been a patron of several video stores. And you could like stand there in a store and like have a like a like a like a whole like symposium of about RoboCop, like standing there in the action section, you know, talking amongst like you know three different people, and people are you know having this sort of conversation. And at no point would someone come over and go, RoboCop sucks. Like, you know, it's like one of those, <laughs> nobody does that because it's, it's, you're in a public place and like, you know, there's a chance that you could get your ass kicked. I mean, the, the, the church going experience was so different for so many people, right? Like, I, I mean, we maybe got mainstream movies and at that, right. But like some people like Quentin Tarantino had everything, right. They had, like, right. and I, I think about that, like, like, 
I mean, I could only watch the films I could watch, like, and I love them. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I I watched the, the you know, the Steven Seagal canon, the Jean-Claude Van Damme <laughs> canon, you know? I, like, and then, like, I mean, I, I because those, that's what was in stock. And, but the thing I did appreciate about it was, like, the deliberate nature of it. So, like, yeah, everyone's church-going experience was different, but, like, there you were agonizing over a choice and you really made a strong choice. And then right. you, you went and watched it. Like, and I thought about this the other day, actually, I watched the last duel and I loved it. It took me three nights to finish cause it was two and a half hours long. And some of that is cause I'm tired. I'm a dad, I'm working. And I thought like, man, I, I, I couldn't have done this back in the day. The movie would have had to been back and I would have watched it all at once. And like, I still would have loved it, but like, should would I have even rented this? Like I, I don't know. And like and so now like I can try things out and if they stink or I, or not stink, stink is subjective, but like if I don't like them, I can move on. And like I just the deliberate nature of of like how you engage with something has changed so much for me at least. And I really lament that that like things aren't our primary experience that we are that, that you know we're inundated with content like just white bread that empty calories that fills you up, leaves you with nothing and you move on. And like, I, I miss like the video store made me deliberate at least. Um, and I, I'm with you. I'm not like, I'm not like a, a curmudgeon who's wishing it, it, we were living in the times of yore. Uh, the, the digital world affords me so much and us so much. I mean, even this right now. And right. yet like I do, I, I do wish there was a, a healthier way to, uh, to sort of, regain some of that yeah um yeah i i agree with that i do i do think the digital uh the, the sort of digital age is giving us given us definitely a lot as and it has connected us i don't know i'm not going to go into that because that's sort of neither here nor there but um anyway uh you and i sort of met uh, i'll say speaking digitally you and i sort of met after um you read a script of script of mine um sovereign citizens and i just wonder what are some of the things that writers can do to foster a proper working relationship uh when a director or producing team gets interested in their spec script i don't know the answer to this but i'm going to make one up um and i'm going to admit that i don't know the answer to this because i i, I truly don't um the to to call back to something we were talking about minutes ago. Hopefully it makes it into your edit, but I'm still going to call it back. It's like the, you know, we, uh, our company started this, you know, script submission portal that was free as a response to the frustrations we were having ourselves and like these endless submissions that cost money. And, you know, it was just a crapshoot. So we thought, well, everyone's trying to get their work read. We're trying to find good work. We're trying to meet great writers, great filmmakers. We'll make it free. We'll take the time to weed through all these things. And that's how you and I met. Like you were actually the second submission. I think I told you that, right? You were the second email to come in. I don't even know. I mean, I, I don't know how that was, but like, it, and it was great. And um, it still is great. Well, to go back even further to that point, uh, your submission uh, process was very easy. That's number one. And number two, it was free. So again, it should be free. Like, I, I don't know why it's not like, I mean, I guess there's probably still one company I've heard of that 
has a free submission portal. Um, I think they're a management company called Zero Gravity, I believe. And I believe they've made one movie from their free submission portal called The Accountant with Ben Affleck. I believe that's how that film came to exist in the world. That's the story I've heard. Um, but yeah, anyway, so you 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 wrote and you had a point of view. You were telling me what it was about and it was also well-written it was probably something we liked personally, but at the same time, like everyone else we shared it with said, this is very well written. So, I mean, that, that was the reason why we wrote back. Well, okay. I can't even remember your original question. I guess your original question was like, well, no, it's just like, how, how do, do you people, foster like, the relationship? Yeah. How do you well, get I, like, I uh, think, well, I, 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 I think you have yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Kay. Okay. I cut you off. I was going to say, I think you have a, a sub, the subtext seems that the best way to foster the relationship is have good content for first. You know, it seems like if, if the writing's there, if the voice is there, it's easier to foster the relationship. But these are for the people at home if you're taking notes. Uh, but keep going. Yeah, it, that's, yes. I mean, and I would say like not even good content, like good writing, like content is just yeah. non dis, non descript I'll, stuff I'll like, agree with you on that yeah, yeah 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 um it's but there is something about like the because I've, I've met a lot of writers who have i like personally who then you get into the collaboration process and it doesn't really come together and it's hard because you really like that person and you kind of like their ideas but then when you get into the like you know, the labor of it or the back and forth of it, it's just not working. And that, and that's hard. I mean, it is, it is a thing that like, I almost can't measure. And I, I'll use my own example because I put my screenwriter hat on recently um, for something that I'm trying to figure out how to have a relationship with a director. And it's been bliss actually. So I'll just describe it real quick. Okay. So I wrote a spec script last year. Rob actually knows of it. It's called die by night. And I wanted to make it, well, I, I wanted to make the movie. Of course I did. I'm a, a director who writes his own stuff. So, but it's a big, bigger budget movie. A studio read it. The studio said, Hey, we love this. We're going to share this with a far more established director. Or actually, I think they already had. And they said, Hey, this guy loves it. Um, he would like to direct this. Would you be cool with this? And I was like, yes, I am. Because like, I have too many boulders and too many Hills. And, um, this is just another way to plant a seed that one day I can sit in the shade of when it, when it grows up and becomes a big, a big old tree. And so this director and I talked and they wanted an entirely new third act. And he had a bunch of notes and I told him, I told him his name is Evan or EL. I don't know. And I was like, dude, I'm not precious about this. Like I, I love your ideas and I'm we're, together. We're going to find a better idea. That's going to be what, what you want this to be. And I'm going to write the hell out of that. And like, it doesn't even fit. It never phased me. Like it never, like, I just going to make sure that it works on the page, that it works structurally, that like I write the best version of that, but this is his child to raise now. And I, I'm selfless when it comes to that. Like I, I truly want the movie to exist. I want him to feel confident and capable. He's going to take the child that I've, you know, born and, brought to age five or 13 and he's going to go ahead and rear him on up like for the next phase of their life. And we're going to co-parent and that's really what it is for me. So I get, I get looped in all these phone calls 
I'm in all these meetings with their casting and they're doing all this stuff. And I'm just like, I'm like, I really, it's incredible that you have me here and I'm just happy to be supportive. And, but I, I really, this isn't about me or what I want or need as a writer. Like I, I'm going to find the best way to achieve this and make this script work for you. And, um, and I'm going to be open and honest about that. And I feel like he and the studio was both like, wait, what? Like, that's how you're doing this. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's how I'm doing it. That's how I want to feel about it too. When I work with a writer that has material that is not mine and I want them to trust me that like, I'm going to take their child and we're going to like take it forward into the world and we're going to give it the next best chapter of its life. And, um, and I have good intentions and good thinking and I model good behavior and I do all these things. And like, that comes from getting to know each other, talking about it, just talking about who you are, your choices, the reasons why you do things and realizing, yes, we're good co-parents or we're not, cause we're not going to parent at the same time, but like we're, our parenting is going to, to raise a, a wonderful person. person. Yes, exactly. So for me, that's really what it is like. Um, and, and having had that experience over the past year has like, is the easiest way for me to, to describe as a director what I'm looking for in a relationship with a writer. Do you think that given state of the business, the bond of the writer and director needs to be bulletproof in order to sort of team against or team or to sort of be united in the face of like the studio and financiers or do you yes. think that, yeah, the, I was going to say that. So there shouldn't be necessarily a, a separation of church and state, um, but they, they, they should be instead a team in order to sort of make sure that there's, you're presenting the best front towards a studio or financiers. Yes. I know many uh, filmmakers, aspire, fil aspiring filmmakers, filmmakers that have sold a lot of shorts um, into to studios, like with feature pitches attached to. So filmmakers that have directed, written short films, and then they have also, you know, worked out a feature adaptation or like whatever like a feature version of it mm -hmm. where the studio eventually hires writers to write this film for this director and i know every single person i know of who's in that position is been endlessly frustrated with the process because you have a writer then that's working for the studio right so they're the the, the writer's prime the, their boss or the person who they're you know, they report to or whatever you want to call it is the studio. It's right. not the, um, it's not the director. And so th that, that can be hard. That, that can be really hard. And in those, in all those projects, all my friends who are caught in situations like that are frustrated with the process. The process goes nowhere. Actually, it usually like just never comes to be because there's so much tension because the writers are being asked to do one thing and the director wants to do another thing. And it's also his child, right? But like he's right. now got a third parent in the room and it's not complimentary. And that parent actually supersedes your parenting and the writer's parenting. It's and like if the Godfather, like was suddenly able to just be like, you know, come in and just be like, make all the decisions and stuff like that. And it's sort of like, you know, it's like, when did this person get to be like, you're just supposed to, like, help, like, you know, but these other two people are actually supposed to be raising this child. And then here comes the godfather, like, I'm, this is where we're sending it to school. And you're like, but neither one of us wants to go there. Like, you yeah. know, that sort of thing. And then the writer, and then the writers feel 
like they have to do good business and do good work, right? They like, and then, and then in, instantly you can see how that like, is not a solid foundation for the creation of anything. Um, and I, you know, it's, it's complicated. That's complicated. Like I, I wish it wasn't the case, but again, I know a lot of people who are stuck in that position where it really needs to be, like you said, complementary relationship. You, have a shared value and vision for things and you also trust the other to do what they do so well and you know that the, the like the, the sum of the parts is going to equal like one plus one is going to equal three it's not right. going to be two and oftentimes like i think i i would see in that studio position where one plus one equals zero and that's like that's not the math you want to get involved with no well, I'd, I'd like to, you know, sort of sort of shout you out because I feel like, you know, over like the, the course of the time that we've known each other, like you and I can get on a text message and all of a sudden, like we're coming up with like 30,000 ideas. Like you and I have literally like um, come up with like entire almost screenplay ideas like over text. And like, I feel like there is that sort of like relationships with directors, especially if you're one of those people who's not out there creating your own content or creating your own films. If you are a writer, I feel like you should be creating relationships with other creative people, especially directors and things like that. And I just like, I would like to sort of, uh, I think feel like you've always been a, like a really collaborative person. Like when we talked about things and we definitely have similar sensibilities um, and like, you know, but you and I, you've always been like really great at um, at hearing ideas and sort of jumping on that. And I feel like the sort of way to do that is just to be respectful of people's ideas, even when you're like, you don't necessarily agree on like one way or another, but to definitely hear ideas and to try to figure out where people are coming from. And then I feel like, you know, when you do that, that sort of leads to a relationship where you guys start to develop things on your own like you guys come start coming up with your own things um and i just like do you agree that that's like one of those like the most important things that people should be doing in sort of today's like uh, like marketplace like fostering independently developed like well yeah well yeah but like not just fostering but like independently like developing stuff with other creative people to sort of circumvent that process of like having to a, a, a studio then come in and then just like hiring a director or hiring an, another writer and stuff like that in order to just sort of come at it from that sort of angle where you come in as a united front i, I yes i think that's the right thing to be doing um i also i also think that some of it is just like not teachable it's not something you can become it just is who you are and how you approach the process and craft now i guess you could become more open and collaborative through like having a positive experience right and then you see that it works and you want you want to do that again but again i i meet a lot of people who who can't work that way and 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 unfortunately, like those situations and those relationships bear no fruit and they go nowhere. And usually somebody ends up getting really frustrated um, or both people end up getting really frustrated. And yet, like in the era of Twitter and social media, we can connect with everybody. But then how do you know who to connect with and how does it it really takes somebody wanting to connect back to you? Like, right. And I, I run it. We run into this all the time, too. Like. 
we reach out to people who like just don't reply to us just and and we go why are you not replying like what what did i say was it just was it the way i said it was it the uh, you know the idea and i stopped thinking that way a couple years ago when i realized that it was just that like they they don't work this way they're wired completely differently they think about things very differently and I don't think they're doing it right. And really, do I want to be associated with them if it's not if it's not working? Like, or do do I really want to talk with them if they're not if they're not like minded in the way they approach collaboration, communication, like ideation, all these things? In the end, no, I don't. Like, I don't have enough time to like to do that. Like, I, there are people that I dovetail well with, and those to me are exciting, powerful relationships, friendships, and collaboration. And that's, that's the sign that like, those are the right people. Those are the right situations. But yes, you have to like, put a lot out there or be receptive to everything coming your way. And maybe you'll find what we have, right? Like a a random, like email lands in my inbox, or our inbox, our collective inbox. And here we are now, I don't know, three years later to, you know, yeah three years later yeah and we've like you said we've we've come so far and like and but it's also it's a it's a mutually uh, like satisfying relationship it's also a mutual admiration society it's it's so many things and that is rare to come by but when you find those things like hold on to them and don't let them go you know like hug them tight i agree with you i think when you find people who kind of get your sensibility that you understand where they're coming from as filmmakers and you like, you can build stuff together. It's a, it's, it's not everybody in the film industry that that you're going to connect with on this way. So I'm so glad when they do happen and they're so random sometimes, like we had a, we had a podcast on here about how Julie and I met at a party and now we're producing partners, you know, and you may have never met in any other way. And so it's like, I agree with you. Once you find these people that you connect with that seem to have a similar work ethic, like keep them and like, even like send them texts, like I value you, you know, let them know. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean this, I mean, like, I, I mean, I've at times written my friend, my producing partner and, you know, and we run a company together. Noah, at times I, I text Noah's, uh, partner Ty, and I say, man, like, y- like your your husband is the best. Like, I mean, I just like, you know, it's yeah, all these things. But I don't think a lot of people work this way. Um, Noah's great. Um, he is. Yeah. Um, well, a sort of final question uh, is: What do you think uh, is the best way for screenwriters to get their wares in front of? Uh, you know, sort of a director's eyes if they don't necessarily have a website uh, like you do in 2022. How else do you get your work out there? You got to get a hold of somebody, right? And hope yeah. that they, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I know the answer to this question either. Like, I, I, I don't actually, you know, I don't know the answers to anything. I'll, I can say that, like, honestly, I just know, <laughs> I just know the At things that I've done. Admit- yeah, like I mean, I just know the things that I've done or the things that we've done that have brought us to this point. Like, um, I I've been there where you send things out into the universe. You ask people for help for their time. You ask them to take a look at something, to read something, and I wouldn't be in the position I'm in 
if a couple people didn't do that for me. And so I made it my goal a long time ago that I would reply to every email. I would take the time to read everything. Sometimes I don't read it all because, uh, you know, I realize, hey, this is both not for me. This is not something we can work with. This is not the right thing. Um, but I try to truly approach the situation and these relationships and these these, this incoming call, like I would want to be treated. And I don't think a lot of people do that. And I don't think a lot of people do that once they reach a certain tier either, unless it's advantageous for them or like, or they can see how they're going to win because of that. Like, and I think that that's wrong and I can't change any of that. All I can do is change the way that I engage with people out there and people coming my way. Um, and it is maddening to send out a lot of emails to write people on on their Vimeo account, to write them Twitter direct messages, to write them however you can try to find contact information, like through whitepages.com, like sending them, you know, a script in the mail, like, all, like, and I mean, and you just don't know why they don't respond, like, and and it, and it makes no sense, and it's maddening. So I wish that I could answer the question better, but I. I guess it's like, I, I don't know. I truly don't know. You just have to keep trying and weed out the garbage people in your lives that take up time, the garbage ways of doing things that like zap you, that like take water out of your well, do things that like put water in your well, um, that fill you up, that give you energy. And that that's about it. Like, and, and after doing enough of that, you'll know which things do that and which things suck and de and destroy you and deplete you. And you'll learn not to do those things. That, that, but that, again, that's I can't tell someone do do X, Y, and Z, and it will help you find your way. It's it's not that easy. It's like it is throwing spaghetti at a wall and learning from throwing spaghetti at the wall. Well, I, I can't I think of a better way than to say it than that. Um, I, I did I did like the water in the well references. Is yeah, this is like, like a that. small town? Yeah, I was like, is this like a small town adage? Because uh in Arizona we're like, what are what are wells? But um Yeah, my friend my friend describes it as like, yeah, do things that like that that fill you up that don't like drain you. Drain you. It's yeah. great. Yeah. No, yeah. I think it's yeah. I think it's, I think that's a really good point because I think a lot of times, especially in like the screenwriting community, there's this kind of like, we will suffer and that will make us better. And that's not always the case, you know? So, yeah. so, and especially I mean, I, for the relationships. Yeah. I had to tell a friend two years ago, um, who I really like that something he'd written which he was sure that we were going to love and i was going to love that it just didn't work for us and it wasn't and i think he thought it w it would work and that it worked writ large and i haven't heard much from him since then and um and it was hard because like i was open to reading everything he sent us and i kept trying and trying to find ways to work together and the collaboration, the like real-time collaboration of something with him as a screenwriter, me as a director and a producer really wasn't working, but I still tried to give him credence and like the ability to write and share things. And so he went and he wrote something entirely um, on his own volition and shared it with me and, or with us. And we just said, Hey man, we, 
this is both not, I, we can't do anything with this. And it's also not what I it, like, I, I can't make it. We can't make it like we can't try to make it. And he was so frustrated and angry that we, we, we stopped talking as much. And I was like, oh. man, like, what am I supposed to do in that situation? Am I supposed to just keep reading the things a writer sends me that aren't working, that aren't great? There are better writers out there. How do I, if I've now read that writer 10 times and things don't get better and they aren't working, like, what am I supposed to do? Am I just supposed to keep spending my time and energy reading it, telling telling them, hey, this doesn't work? It, it puts me in an uncomfortable position, but I also need to be honest, right? Like that was draining me. It wasn't filling me up. And, and like, I had to be honest, but the honesty maybe cost me, you know, a degree of friendship with somebody, which frustrates me. So it's, none of this is easy. It's like, I mean, it's, it, it, it sounds like dating actually, like you're just constantly dating, like constantly, constantly dating. Um, and you're never going to make a full commitment to somebody because you aren't going to work with just one person. You aren't going to be married to exclusively that person, you know, creatively and professionally for all of your life. So, you know, it is like you're constantly dating and you're trying to figure out, like, how do we fit well together? How are we complementary? What what do we do better together? And how far can we go? Like, what's our what's our end result? Are we going to go to the show or not? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Wow. Creative Rob, relationships are the polyamorous relationships of, 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 uh, it's yeah. business. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, you got to keep all those, you got to keep polyamorous all the, relationships um, of business. Hot. Burners hot. Yeah. All yeah. right. Let's move on to, uh, what are we watching, uh, consuming, uh, sort of creating. Okay. You want to start us off and then Rod, you can go after her. Oh, sure. Sure. So, um, I haven't had a lot of time this week to watch much. I did finish, um, my screeners for, uh, film independent. So I could, you know, vote. I was very excited to do that. Um, but the big thing I'm doing this week is I'm part of a, a producing a anthology style feature, uh, feature length film called through the blinds and we're doing a crowdfunding campaign for pre-production. So we just Tuesday we're our percent of our goal of $30,000. So, um, my life is just those emails and, and social media and texts right now. Um, but I did get a chance to pop in my old writing group this week and workshop a TV pilot that, uh, Julie and I wrote during the pandemic. It's basically Buffy the Vampire meets Dante's Inferno. So it was really like writing that was like one of my favorite things to do during the pandemic. So it was really nice to revisit that material, um, and take a break from like all the stress. So that's what I've been working on this week. Rod, what about you? What did you, what are you writing and consuming and stuff? Oh man. Well, those are two different things. Well, I, I watched the last duel and I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I did, tried to download the card counter, but my iPad tells me there's not enough space, uh, even though there very clearly is. And I, there are no more apps for me to delete. And I, I, I don't understand. Um, and I'm, I'm very frustrated by that. Um, I, this week have been thinking about like adapting some, some screenplays that we've written into prose to sell them as novellas so that we can create original IP in quotes, which everyone seems to like. So we're taking material we've already created and reverse engineering it into literature so we can then put the literature out and have 
people think it is original IP. And then if they somehow like it, we'll go, oh, yeah, we'll write you a screenplay, even though we've already written the screenplay. Um, And maybe the last thing I've been doing is, uh, I don't know, nesting because we have another kid on the way. Yeah. Oh, well, congratulations. Thank you. I'm not, I, I mean, I guess I, I've, I've written 50% of that project. If you get what I'm saying. <laughs> You've written as much as you can. This is um, true. And now it's up to your wife to sort of uh, bring it home. She is the, the editor of the, of the project as well. Yeah. And um, the producer and, and the financier. <laughs> She's the showrunner. Yeah. She is. She yes. is the showrunner. That's, Perfect. She's the showrunner of your baby. I like that. That's I'm all about these like family, these family ways of talking about movies and and film. Like, I think a lot of people like use euphemisms and adages from like sports or the military. Like, that just that just alienates like so many people. I don't really care about those things <laughs> largely. So like, let's relate it to like family existence and the way the way we work as units and, you know, and, um, and the way we work together and yeah, it's, 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 it's the family. It's much better. Absolutely. Uh, I'm going, I'm still going through my uh, fringe binge. Uh, season three was really where shit got real. Olivia Dunham and Peter Bishop, Anna Torvin and, and, and uh, Joshua Jackson. I, I will say that I shipped them much harder than I ship uh, David Duchovny and, and Jillian Anderson as Mulder and Scully. I just, like, for me, I really, I don't think that I ever wanted, like, you know, two characters ever to get together, you know, more than I did in uh, Fringe. Like, I really wanted those two to just, to just go, I really enjoyed, uh, and season three is where they sort of lean into the will they, won't they, like, very hard. I also bought a few movies that I'm going to watch in the future, including, I think this is like the third time I bought this movie, but uh, Versus which I don't know if the other two of you have seen, but it's it's like the Japanese Evil Dead, which even seeing, it seems, describing it like that seems reductive. But like, it's such a weird ass movie where you have these uh, characters who are, well, there's zombies and samurai swords and like all kinds of cool shit in the middle of this weird zombie gangster uh, kung fu Highlander movie. Like, it's just insane. And so I bought like a like a, the current special edition of that movie. Every time they come up with a new special edition, I always buy it, and I don't know why, but I love it. It's one of my favorite movies. And I also got a copy of a movie that no one has seen. Um, it seems like when I talk about it, which is this movie called Kin, with the premise of which is I've Black Child. Oh, you've seen it? Oh yeah, we've talked about this, but yeah, no one yeah, here yeah, knows yeah, that yeah. except yeah. for you and um, I. <laughs> Black Child Finds Space Gun, which I feel like for me, it would have been my my Goonies as a kid had it come out when I was a kid. It just, I love that movie. And so I bought it on blue and uh, I will be watching it when I, uh, so it's sort of movie inspiration when I write my secret nerd project. This week's resource is us. This is the last week that we are running our screenwriting program contest where you can win a copy of Fade In or Writer Duet. All you have to do is listen to this episode, episode 20, Battle of the Screenwriting Programs, and tag myself and Kay in a post on Twitter telling us which program you prefer or answer the question in the poll attached to this episode and leave your email address. Either way, this is your last chance 
So help give a happy ending to our first giveaway by giving you free stop. And that is our show, Screenwriting yeah. from the Trenches. You can currently be found on Anchor, Apple, Google, and Spotify podcasts, as well as kevinlmartin.com. And since we are a new podcast, we'd appreciate it if you dropped us a like, rated us five stars on whatever platform that you patronize because... Algorithms. Oh, snap. <laughs> for questions for us that we can and will answer on the show, uh, email me at rob at perspectivemofo.com. You can also find us on Twitter, where I am at perspectivemofo. K is... Yeah. And I am at K underscore Tux. And Rod, you are? At Rod Blackhurst. And these things, as well as uh, my YouTube series, where we describe how to make a movie for $1,000, will all be linked in the show notes. Thanks so much for listening. We hope that you will continue to do so. Rod, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been, I've wanted to have you on for such a long time, and we're very glad to have you. It's been uh, a really great episode, man. Um, so I appreciate. Do you I get on. the last? Do I get to do a last line? Yes. <clears throat> now stop procrastinating. Those pages aren't going to write themselves. Absolutely. Uh, again, Rod. Thank, thank you. you. It's so on. nice to meet you, Rod. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. Um, always. <laughs> Thank you.